Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Yeah, so we're in, uh, we're coming up on week two or yeah fixing to finish up our first week of hunting season coming up on week two jim you didn't do too bad you and briar didn't do too bad in the duck blind no man technically I, uh, me and jim limited out both days <laughs> i limited out three days in a row yeah yeah then a gator ate 50 percent of my take on the third day <laughs> it was just me but uh Another friend of ours was with us. He he shot the only teal on like a, uh, a particular body of water. Yeah, you already named it off, huh? No, I didn't. No, no, that wasn't the right lake. Who anyways. was hunt- Who shot a teal? I didn't see a teal in any of y'all's pictures. Mm. Get that information. I don't think we took pictures on the second day. Yeah, killing me. Yeah, Jim had a picture in the boat with two woodies there, but not the teal. Yeah, man, saw it come in. Well, actually, I saw it splash down. And I was looking at it and. Couldn't believe it, right? I was like, man, is that a grebe? And I was like, yeah, it's like a duck. And it was early. We're looking at it through the binoculars. And I was like, man, that's not a grebe. That's a duck. I'd seen it swimming around out there a little bit ago. And I'm like, oh, I figured it was like a moorhen or something. And I'm like, I'll wait on it. <laughs> no, it had, but it had a little hen teal. It had just a little bit dash of blue in it. And I finally was like, yeah, kill it. <laughs> and it was the toughest teal in Florida. Because it wasn't very far away, and Jason hit that sucker three times, and it sat there, and it, it still it still float, flapped and flipped and whatever for another 20 minutes afterwards. Three shots. Jesus. <laughs> took, it <to> the, <laughs> took it to the plug and <laughs> hit it all three times, man. That deal was hard. Man, we got the perfect amount of rain. I, uh, I had scouted out a spot for opening morning and deer season quite a few times. And uh, I knew it had a little bit of water in it, but then I didn't realize that the amount of rain we got was going to completely flood my spot. So I walked in, and I had had like stuff picked out on the ground to know how I was going to get there. <laughs> water everywhere. I mean, I and I didn't even wear like my tall boots in. I wore like my camp boots in. So I just went first step down in there, down into the bottom was over top of my boots. He still was hot. Yeah, that it was. But I still didn't see a dang thing. And then I got a 
uh, Saturday afternoon, I was sitting up in my tree, and I looked down, and probably about five foot from the bottom of my tree, there's a water moccasin curled up mm-hmm. next to the tree. I said, I'm going to have to sneak out of here because I don't... <laughs> I just got down, packed my stuff up, and walked out, left him where he was. As long as he didn't mess with me, I didn't want to mess with him. Did he move at all, or did he sit still? Uh, When I was in the stand, he was like, kept rubbing his head up against his body, and he was yawning and stuff, but other than that, he was just sitting still. Even when I got down, he just sat. I got to the point where I was so bored where I was throwing like bark off the tree at him. (laughs) <laughs> and it was hitting him. He still didn't move. Just sat there. So yeah, yeah they're was, pretty. They're pretty uh, docile. I you know people think they're, you know, aggressive, but they really aren't. I said I had always heard, like even as a kid, stay away from them because they'll chase you down. They will. Yeah. They will. It's a great thing to tell kids. They yeah. will. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it happen to myself. Yeah. I have been chased or, by water. Or were you just in its area? And... We were swimming at the lake, but I still got chased by this. Bro, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. I've, you are genuinely fearless with one exception. You have a disproportionate, completely irrational fear of snakes. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> little does. black Little black garter snake within 25 feet of you. And it is not your best moment. No. Nope. Yeah. So the idea that that he would sacrifice you, limb just to get away from that. I was, I was a little kid. <sighs> I think your version of being chased and most people's version of chased are a little different. Listen, <laughs> you have a little Bri- less tolerance. Briar is so afraid of snakes that William had to come, had to leave what he was doing at work. Luckily, I think he was in he, the same. He was already on the road. In, yeah, in he town. was. He was in town. But he had to leave what he was doing at work to come to Briar's house and get like a, a two foot long black snake out of Briar's bathroom. <laughs> Terrified. Mm-mm. I don't do snakes. That's I'm, it though. He'll jump into the most gatory looking water and wander around like there's no big deal looking for dead ducks and things like that. But man, if there was a water snake in that water, you'd see him walk. He'd be on walking it. like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, you got some invasive snakes down in Florida too, right? Yeah, way south. Oh, to yeah, us. way south to us. We're uh, we're up around Ocala. Oh, okay. Nice. So we don't we try not to associate too much with South Florida. That's yeah, that's just a, a whole different part of Florida. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, almost another state. Decent side of Florida. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you do a lot of hunting yourself, or? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, out of the three owners of our company, I hunt the most. Uh, that's why I've kind of done most of our social media and things like that. Um, but yeah, I know John's I- more of a hiker. He was he was the other owner that was going to get on tonight. He's more of a hiker backpacker. And then uh, Jr. Our third owner, he's he's a former uh, he's a veteran, army veteran. And uh, he just likes being out outside. He didn't. He can. He could care less as long as he's doing something outside. But as far as the hunting, fishing, and all that, that's that's my forte. Or the the one that does it the most is me. Yeah. Yeah. Why, so, don't, we, why don't we introduce our guest? 
Yeah, I was just fixing to do sip at the table. All right. <laughs> so I'm your host tonight, Jordan. I got Briar with us. How y'all doing? We got Jim. Yes, sir. And then we got Jason with Nighthawk Footwear. Yes. Right. So That's right. tell us about Nighthawk. 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 We we basically are a company that have developed lighted footwear. So um, we started it out initially with lighted boots, which um, are going to be coming in the near future. Uh, and then we also expanded it with lighted gators as well. So we took an idea of why not combine a flashlight with a pair of gators and make it hands-free and get the light down low where you can use it. Um, and we tried it out, did a couple, I say a couple, we did several years of, uh, experimentation and, and, uh, we looked at several different gators. Obviously there's tons of gator companies out there. Um, but we took a bunch and designed our own set of gators. Um, they put qualities in them that we like. Some things good, some things bad from the other ones. So, um, that's essentially essentially where we're at right now. You know, I know when I saw y'all at the show when you were telling me about them, I was like, you know what, that kind of... Because a lot of the times I either wear like a headlamp or I got a flashlight in my hand. And if I'm wearing a headlamp, that means that I have to be like constantly looking down if I want my light right there in front of me. But then when I look up, you know, like I don't have my light right in front of my feet anymore. And I thought about right. the carrots like, dang, that'd be a dang nice idea. Because I can't tell you how many times I've looked up to see a little bit further off and tripped over something in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of science behind it, um, which I won't bore you with. But uh, No, you can having, throw it at us. Okay. Well, ba- basically, like if uh, I always use this analogy with people at shows and things like that. But uh, have you ever taken a flashlight in a dark room and shined it down drywall like the side and you see all the little ripples and indentations sure and then you flip the light switch on you don't see them anymore right because you have a lot of light so essentially that that's due to the you know refraction of light and um there's actually a an equation that that determines the amount of light that's lost through medium and through distance so if you take a light like in ours, for example, are generally roughly 12 to 14 inches off the ground and you have them shining forward, you're making the ground, all the, the ups and downs divots of the ground look like that drywall. So your, your brain actually like automatically knows the terrain. It calculates that because our brains do that, calculates all those little dips so that you're safer when you're walking. The other good thing is you're not doing this like you are with a headlamp. So the second you put your head down, whether you're climbing a tree, you're walking or anything, your balance is off. You're automatically off balance. So by being able to stand up and look out in front of you and walk, you're automatically, you know, determining where the dips are on the ground, as well as you're standing in an upright position. So your balance is on. So 
two things. You, you're less likely to see stuff to trip on it. And secondly, your balance is intact. So you're less likely to fall or turn. So for example, when you're climbing a, a ladder stand, uh, which we've got several videos and things like that um, on, on our, on our Inst Instagram post and things like that. But when you're going up, every time you step up or run on that ladder, first of all, you got two hands holding your ladder because you don't have to have anything in your hands. And then you're not looking down with your flash with your headlamp and then trying to climb up, which is awkward anyway. So all you're doing, you're holding the ladder and you're kind of glancing down. And every time you take a step up, that light is shining on the next rung where you got to put your foot. So without having to do anything, you basically got all your gear. Like if, if I'm climbing with my backpack and a bow or something, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll take my bow and not string it up. If it's just a quick little hike up the ladder stand, I'll throw that all on my back and then I can just, you know, shimmy up real fast. So as far as that goes, it's, it's superior to any other kind of light that you're going to use. Um, I just recently had a post, um, you know, some people ask, well, do you wear a headlamp now that you've invented these? And, and I say, well, yeah, in certain situations, headlamps are still useful. Um, for instance, like if you're using a climbing stand, um, in the past, I used a headlamp for my climbers, uh, and same deal, you know, if you're familiar with climbing stands, the, the bottom section of the stand is most likely to cause you issues while you're climbing. Um, and the most scary, I guess you could say, cause you, you can lose it. And then you quick. have no way of getting down. Exactly. <laughs> and you're, then you're stuck. So, which has probably happened to several people. But in the past, same deal, if you're sitting on a climber on a tree, the last thing you want to do is lean forward, right? Because that's the direction you don't want. And that's going to cause you to slide down the tree. Yeah, you want to keep all your weight to, towards, further away towards from the tree. The yeah. Sitting back. And that's the way they're designed with the teeth in the back. Um, so with the headlamp, generally you're looking down, you're, you're kind of leaning forward a little bit. Um, you, just because naturally when you put your head down, you lean forward. So like if you're wearing gaiters or, or in the future boots with lights on, um, you can see that bottom uh, section of your stand without actually really having to look down too much. So I wear a headlamp and uh, gator lights when I'm hiking up a tree right now. That way you're lighting up the whole tree. You don't have to look down. You can just go yeah. up and, and, and it's, it's really a lot more comfortable. There's a lot of light. And you're leaning back so that that's the safety advantage i would say when using with a climber um uh i'll i'll, I'll let you i could talk for hours about it. <laughs> no. how long how long do they last all right so um uh, right now the we have white and red lights available for them um they're usb rechargeable have three different settings, uh, high, medium, and low. Takes from a dead battery to fully charge, 45 minutes to charge them up. And the high setting, you can get about one to two hours continuous runtime, which most people won't do that. Uh, three to five hours on medium, seven to eight on uh, low. Um, generally, I tell people, 
if you want to find some keys or a magazine clip or something you've dropped in the woods, put them on high. It's really all you need 300 lumens for in the woods. Uh, every time I use them, I put them on low. That's plenty of light to get. So are they, are they 150 a piece or would they, the, or would they be 600 combined? Yeah. 150 a piece. Okay. And, um, so yeah, 300 total. And then the reds are essentially the same. They have three settings as well. I like a red light sometimes because it keeps your pupils from dilating. But then sometimes I feel like a red light is just not quite bright enough. Or it still leaves, you know, you still see all the blacks Yeah. when, when you use a red light. So a lot of the hog hunters um, and the night hunters that don't want to be seen um, going into their stands or whatever, they like the red a lot. Uh, the red lights actually, uh, our red lights on low are really good for tracking deer, um, as well, um, for picking up blood, uh, medium and high kind of shimmers too much and the white lights shimmer way too much off the of blood. It's hard to see, but, uh, you, you, they work really well. I'm going to be putting a, a video up here soon about that tracking with a red light. I remember back in the day. My dad had this light. I don't know what it was. I think it was just like a red and a blue light combined. But you could walk around with it at night. And if you had shot a deer, you could shine it on the blood. And the blood would light up light up like bright red. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, just a light that had a blue and a red, a blue on one side and a red on the other. And they shined in the same spot. Hmm. Good fluoresce, huh? Yeah. But I, I haven't seen him ever since. He had that one, and we used it like four or five times, and I don't know what happened to it, but I haven't. I mean, you would have think something like that would be a big... Sit tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel. From business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters, we all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammis' multi-state law practice focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050 or... 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamis.com that's r-o-m-a-n at r-o-m-a-n v-h-a-m-m-e-s dot com offices Florida and South Carolina thing don't know but so how did you pick how did you decide on gators before boots okay so th- that's a good question so 
when we came out with our initial boot design, um, we've gone through a couple different light housings um, and still are not happy with what we're doing with the lights, with the, the housing for the boots. Um, so we decided to go with the gaiters first because uh, a couple of reasons. A, they're, they're a little, little less expensive than coming out with a good set of hunting boots for people to buy. Um, and it also gives them the concept and, and the, the product. And without the, somebody like uh, somebody has their favorite pair of boots that they've already bought, um, they can just throw these gaiters on top of them. And you'll still get the light, you know, the, the function of the light. And you'll also have the added benefits of the gaiters. So we've gone and gone back and forth on bringing in, it, uh, you know, just just designs and, and doing prototypes and stuff for the boots. Because at first we were going to come out with like a high-end boot. And then we realized that's kind of silly. So we're trying to revamp, come out with kind of a budget boot. Um, that'll be somewhat comfortable. Um, and we didn't necessarily want to get into the boot business because you, it, you know, from the get go without knowing anything about the industry, uh, because if you bought a pair of our boots, the lights on them and the boots were uncomfortable, then it negates the whole fact of having that. So we wanted to do a little more research on, you know, maybe particularly getting with a certain company that's, uh, pretty prominent boots. Um, and then, oh, that makes perfect sense. I mean, there's a lot that goes into boots. Yeah, we yeah, all wear good and boots and bad boots, and the foot support and the ankle support, and the, then depending on what kind of terrain and how hot it is. I and mean, I've got multiple pairs of boots simply yes. because you know, I can't. If I wear the same boots that I wear tromping around Maine in Florida, I may as well not. I may as well just walk through the water early on. Yeah, you know, yeah. What I mean? like, I, sweating I, your feet. I had said something to William about these gators the other day, and he was like, "You know, I can see." having a set of gaiters because no person because my biggest thing with boots here in florida the only reason i would wear because like i wear my little deck boots around the woods all the time but the only reason i would put anything on other than my deck boots is for snakes and never have i ever or has anybody looked at a picked up a set of snake boots looked at them and said I could wear those things for miles. Like a deck or, or, or a snake boot is just a big hunky boot. But yeah. I could take these deck boots or any other tennis shoes or whatever I want and throw a set of snake gaiters on. Yeah, you probably could. And, and walk as far as I want because my feet are comfortable. But a, like a snake boot is not generally a comfortable boot. I, I bought a set of gaiters years ago. Mainly because I was, I was, it's kind of funny. I was almost curious, like, what the hell do these things do? You know, I'd heard about people saying how they keep, like, if they're hunting out west, they help keep rocks out of your boot and things like that. You know, if you're, if you're hiking across, like, a lot of scree and things like that. What I didn't realize is the simple premise that the gator over the top of your boot helps to also create a bit of an air gap. So, like, if you're just, I mean, you can't stand in a creek in gators and expect even waterproof boots to keep you from really dry unless they're rubberized. But if you're just going to take a quick one, two step across the Creek with a good set of water resistant <laughs> boots and a set of gaiters, you can get away with that and have your feet be completely dry. Just be quick about it. Or, or, or they get maybe a little trickle in them, but not, 
Not like you get if you just... Not something that's going it, to... It'll dry out real quick. Well, sure as hell, not yeah. as much as if you went over the top of your boot like you <laughs> were just talking about. And yeah. You can't stand in it, but for just quick creek crossings, man, gators are awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, but all of our gators have a waterproof lining in them, and it's virtu- virtually... You can't get it watered through it. I mean, I'll wear a set of our Kahuna gators, which are the a little bit more rugged gators, more the ones we designed more for hunting. And at the end of a show, I take them off, and it's usually in the summertime, I'm sweating. And you can see the sweat on the inside of the gator on that waterproof liner, and it obviously doesn't go through. It just retains it, which brings me to another point. Like in the winter, with those gators, it actually has a very small amount of heat retention wrapped around as well. So it's kind of nice. You don't get cold feet. Especially if, you know, another point to add to what you're saying about gators, um, people, and, and you guys may relate to this, but when it gets colder outside and you're walking to a stand and you've got your pants and everything, your boots on, but there's dew on the ground. And so they're, they're going to get wet. You get there, it's like you walked through a rainstorm just about. I, I can quite. deal with that on a summer day in Florida because the humidity is so high. Right. Even on a summer morning, everything is soaking wet. Yeah. And so maybe 15 minutes after sitting in the stand, you notice your feet are wet. And what that is, you're you're wicking through your socks. So that moisture is hitting your socks and just working with travel its way down. So that's a huge thing that gators caught. You know, like we always tell people, keep your feet dry by wearing gators. And it's true. Uh, Like you said, if you cross a creek, um, and good pair of waterproof boots, or like you said, water resistant, man, you're, you're completely dry. There's, I mean, we just recently posted a video of me and a couple of the guys down in the swamps. Um, we're sitting there just tromping through stuff, swamps through the water. And we did that for hours and I, I was completely dry when I got back. Wow. So you mentioned, you mentioned the name of those are Kohuta. <clears throat> yes. Having, you know, having driven up around that area. And that's a really special place in Georgia. You hunt that area quite a bit. Um, I've never hunted the Cahutta Wilderness, but I've uh, done a lot of backpacking in there. Got it. Um, there are a lot of a lot of people that do go down in there and hunt. I mean, I've passed a lot of people, so I do a lot of backcountry backpacking there. Um, spend two or three nights in the woods, and I and I trout fish. So, but that's that's exactly where the name came from. Was from the Cahutta Wilderness. That's where we got the name. Yeah, man, I was just floored because well, the in, in its its relative proximity to Atlanta, right? Not just yes. the wilderness, but I was actually thinking about the whole general area that, and you know, it's amazing. You, it's not that far of Atlanta, and then you get through some of the more denser populated um, bedroom communities, though, you know, um, and then you hit these you know, old plantations and things like that that are just gorgeous and, and pines. And it's interesting because, I, I mean, I was only 15 minutes outside of town and I'm seeing guys running, you know, with dog boxes running dogs. In it. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> that whole area of Georgia is really. You just made it outside um, the suburbs. <laughs> it's It's hard yeah. to explain. I'm doing a terrible job of explaining. No, you get all the benefits of living in the country, 
and you're five minutes from all the conveniences of living in the city. And the people that live there have done an awesome job. And I was even reading up like part of the reason the area stayed prosperous um, is like there was a, I forget which town it was, but it had a giant uh, field hospital in it that, that didn't just cater to Confederate soldiers, but Union soldiers. So when Sherman came through, he didn't burn it. So, you know, all the other area around that was devastated. But because that town uh, survived the war relatively intact, um, you know, it became just a hub. And it was, it's not Atlanta, right? But um, it, it was just, it never had that setback in history in the 18, you know, in, in the late 1800s, 18, I should know in the Civil War in 1860, 1860. whatever. Yeah. So, and, 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 and Fort Oglethorpe is probably what you're talking about. Yeah, all around that. But the yeah, so a lot of the a lot of the big farms and things at that time with the antebellum houses are still there. And like I said, it's it's only what ninety minutes outside of Atlanta on a good day, I guess. Ninety minutes to four hours, depending on what time you travel. So <laughs> exactly. yeah, it's gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. Yeah, it's uh, you know when I moved to Rome, so I did a lot of. I used to live on the east side of the Appalachian Mountains and um, northeast Georgia. And so everything there feeds to like the Appalachian Trail and, and that the Appalachian Mountain Range up through the Blue Ridge Mountains. Then I moved to Rome and I got over here on the west northwest side and was introduced to the Cahutas. And I'm like, basically like, why did I never know about this? It's like the most hidden gem that you can imagine. I mean, there's there are areas I tell people it's like the little um like like a little Colorado River or something. I mean, it looks it looks like that. It's sure, pristine and nobody really goes up there. So the ones that do are kind of like your weekend warriors that come up from Atlanta and they'll park, go down a you know a heavily traveled trail for about a half a mile, fish in the creek. But you know we we go on trips where I'm crossing 11, 12, 13 river crossings just to get to our campsites. So, and some of the, sometimes depending on the time of year, you could be up to your waist. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I now wear our, our trailblazer gators, which are the black ones that we've got, the lightweight ones. And, you know, people say, well, you, you know, your lights, do you, can you submerge them? Well, no, we, 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 they're not waterproof. These lights are not waterproof. They're water resistant. They'll take a dunk, but you don't want to swim in them. But, I basically, the, the way we design the gator, you can pop them out in two seconds and throw them in a pocket, you know, upper pocket, or top oh, of So you can pack. actually pop the light out of the gator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because oh. you remove them to charge them. Okay. So we may, we may have done a disservice, you know, because there may be some folks listening here thinking, and forgive me, I'm not trying to be pejorative, but like, man, I don't need light of, light of gators. That sounds like electric fish, you know what I mean? But, and I, I'm, but I'm not because I haven't used them. I'm not at all trying to knock the usefulness of that. But I think one of the things that we accidentally skipped over was the fact, and as you already mentioned, they make a hell of a gator. Yeah, right? they make yeah. a hell of a gator, and gators are useful. And by the way, they also come with this lighted feature. And, right. and you know, we started off with oh the the lighted feature, and you're missing the point, man. <laughs> the point is, we make great footwear, hell of a gator. Keep you dry, keep you comfortable, uh, and oh, by the way, the lights are kind of cool in these situations. But you don't have to use the gator. You don't use the gator because it's got lights on it. Yeah, it's because yeah, it's a hell of a gator. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and, and on, on those lines, you know, like I said, we took basically took um, 20 pairs of gators from <clears throat> during our research and development of the gator from like $49 pair of outdoor research gators all the way up to your high-end Cooley or uh, Kinetrex, um, things like that. And we basically laid them all out on the table and like, well, what do we like about each one of these? And how are we going to design our own and then incorporate the lighthousing? So all of our gators are, we actually have double stitching down the front on the Velcro strip. So they're extremely tough. Um, you can literally grab the Velcro in the front of the gator and pick a solid boot up and shake it in the Velcro hold. Um, I do that demonstration at shows a lot because I'm like, people are like, well, is that going to come open on me? And no, <laughs> not, not likely. Yeah, it Another sounds like thing, you guys are field testing and some pretty. Yeah, people, people, the guys out west and think, oh, it's so challenging out here. And they've got some distances. That's what they've got. They've got distance. And then they've also got changes in elevation. So I don't want to downplay those things. And you can have big changes in temperature over that. But I think people really, although we don't generally have the vast distances, people really underestimate what it's like to hunt in the south. As far as we have just incredibly fast changing terrain maybe not yes. big up and down but wet to dry hard to soft yeah and you got lots of sticky stuff yeah. open to thick stickery everything's got a thorn on it <laughs> yeah bitey yeah. stuff a lot of briars and, and that's another good thing like our kahutas man you can walk straight through briars and not even affect them it, it, it's incredible i had a guy call me one day he's like man i thought i ruined my gator and i was like what's up he said i jumped over a barbed wire fence and as soon as i went over i could hear it you know in the center of the gator and i was like well what happened he's like i couldn't believe it there wasn't anything wrong with it <laughs> it's like well they're tough man it's like, uh, so, know, like oh, that's cool. so even if you're a poacher they work for you yeah no, I'm, thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking applications because like one, one of the things that uh what I'm the hardest on clothes and footwear actually is probably quail hunting. I was going to bring that up. Quail hunting public land, you know, going through the first year burns because it's, it's so palmetto scrub and all that other stuff. And, and it's just, uh, and, and then the stuff that seems like everything that comes back first all has jagged crap on it. So I'm usually wearing a pair of, pair of heavy canvas pants, but the problem with the heavy canvas pants is then they start to get wet. And next thing you know, you're just uncomfortable and you're carrying an extra 10 pounds of water around your knees. You try to wear rubberized boots and they're uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. They don't walk well. And, and you have to put, you actually have to put your pants outside the rubberized boots, which may sound counterintuitive because if you put them inside the boots, then it just funnels all the water into the boots. <laughs> so these might be an answer. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny you said that because we're, we're contemplating, well, th this is something I've been pushing and we're still talking about doing it, but. Uh, and it may sound a little cliche, but we're we're probably going to come out with a Bob White Quail edition. Gator. My man. And it's going to have, you know, it's going to be geared more for bird hunters. Um, and, and like I said, I'm the one that hunts. I've hunted birds. I've hunted just about everything. And my, I told my buddy, like, 
bird hunters like nice things. They like nice clothing. They like protecting their clothing. So this one, will, if we design it, it's going to be a little different coloration, obviously, than the Cajutas. It'll probably be like a, a tan and a brown is what I'm thinking about. And then on the uh, bottom, uh, it's kind of like a patch at the bottom where you can open it. It'll, I'll make that leather. Um, so it'll, it'll just have a little nicer look. Um, and, and be more appealing for bird hunters. But it'll give you that same, it'll be the same design as far as material as the cut. It'll be that same rugged briar proof design. Um, and of course, we'll add the light. And um, I don't know if it's a good time to mention it, but we are working on a new light coming out too um, that will hopefully, hopefully, we're, it's in process, but um, th it'll be brighter, it'll last longer, and it'll be completely waterproof, up to like three meters. So I guess water resistant, three meters. But, After uh, three meters, you're essentially swimming with them on anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this way you can go through creeks and stuff. Yeah. And not have to pull out. And, uh, but it'll be somewhere between 400 and 600 lumens with two of them. Oh, that'll be nice. I'm going to go one more direction with these things. You know, I've got in my duck boat, I've got the green light bar that helps all the things up. But, you know, then you got your headlamp and things. And it seems like when you're, especially you got three guys in a duck boat and you're trying to get all your crap situated and get the blind up and everything else, you know, lights on your feet might not actually be a bad idea. <laughs> no. It sounds, as I'm saying it, and I'm not picking it, it you. sounds a little goofy, but I'm like, no, nah, man, you know, you can't seem to get enough light in a duck boat when you really need it, you know? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> the more you think about it, that light down low, like, just sounds better. Every time you think about it, it sounds better and yeah, better and it, better. Especially in my boat, because I, I got the gun box on one side, and then I've got the deck on the other. Like I got catwalks, so it's up underneath the catwalk, but it's only on one side of the boat. And, you know, especially when all the fronds and crap like that are on the bottom of it, it's, I mean, it's not useless, but it, I just, I was trying to figure out a way to even light up the gun box side of the boat, but I don't know. So, so what, we, we push these a lot with fishermen because, um, and we actually just sponsored a young girl locally here that went to college and she's fishing in a college here in Georgia. Um, and so we're, we're actually sponsoring her and her fishing team. Um, but when you get in a boat and um, walking around in a boat with these things on, it's incredible because it's like, you know, if you're night fishing, I should say, I mean, day fishing, it's not really, any, there's not a benefit. I mean, but night fishing is incredible. Um, uh, one thing to be noted when we design them, if, if they're on correctly, you can lean down and get on your knee without crushing the light. So there's just enough room really to kind of rub your hand beneath the light and the ground so that we did that. So fishermen are using it on the side of the boat going to lift the bass or something to get in the boat and they got to lean down for any reason. They're not going to crush their light every time. Um, the red ones are really cool at night in the light. But like if you open a rod locker on a boat, on a bass boat, when you got those on, you instantly have a dome light for your rod locker. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it just lights the whole thing up. So you think about it. I did one video kayak fishing and threw the gators down into the front porthole of the kayak shining up. 
and it's like it's like a dome light. I mean, there's so many uses. <laughs> the the cool thing is, you can pop that light out, like I said, in two seconds, um, and use it for whatever. So if you're in a boat, in a tree stand, you get up there, you climb up there, get there, sat down, get your bag, whatever backpack, whatever you're carrying. If you're trying to get your calls and things out of your backpack, pop your gator light out. Hold it like that, get what you need to get out, turn it back off and stick it back in the gator and you're not going to lose it. And then when you're ready to come out, it's there. Um, so, so say that I'm just somehow totally crazy and I end up losing the light that was in my gator. You would lose it. I, I know I would, but <laughs> can I buy a replacement light for it? Absolutely. Yeah, so we okay. sell... We sell them in sets, so um, we sell the sets online, the white and the red sets. Um, and we've had some requests for green, and we're still contemplating it. Um, I talked with a good um, guy that I know is, has a pretty big fishing um, Instagram feed and YouTube feed, but he's up in New York. And I was talking with him the other day, and he said that he said, man, have you thought about these for ice fishing? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't have any contacts, you know, that do ice fishing. You know, I live in Georgia. So <laughs> he, said, well, he said, well, I think I may be able to help you. I said, great. Um, and he said, have you guys ever thought about green lights? And I was like, oh, here we go. Green lights, the green light discussion. And uh, he, he, uh, he said, well, walleye don't see green light. And I'm like, really? I never knew that. So that could be another application and that people could use for ice fishing up there. Um, you know, we we have a lot of people ask for green lights at shows and things like that. Um, we actually did, you know, read a lot of studies that were performed by the University of Georgia here. Um, they're, they have a big agricultural and uh, wildlife game uh, programs here, but it was study on light. What it was basically just for deer only, but it was what light did deer see and all that kind of stuff. You know, so a lot of people come up like, oh, "Yeah, deer don't see green. They don't. They'll see red, but not green." And I'm like, "Man, you need to go read some read up on that a little more." Because I say that was a huge kick for a while, where people like, "Oh, deer don't see green." Yeah. So. So basically, I can explain it to you really quick. Um, blue jeans don't work for hunting, right? People don't wear blue jeans because deer can see blue. Um, if So blue is at kind of, you know, I think it's 200 nanometers of wavelength. And then you start coming over on the light spectrum. Then you have green somewhere in the middle-ish. Uh, I think it's 400 and something nanometers of wavelength. And then you keep going out and you get red. Is 680. So, you know, depending on they always give you a range of 670 to 690 uh, nanometers wavelength of light for red light. So, the further you get away from blue, the less likely deer are going to see it. So, just based on that science, red is definitely the premier light that you want for deer not to see. Yeah, it's kind of funny for somebody to say that deer don't see green. Well, if that were true, then they probably don't see the yellow in the wavelength which means what they see is blue, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> green's not a primary color. Yeah. But 
Yeah, who knows? That, you, you, th- you know, you don't have to be much of a genius to kind of figure that one out. It's Roy G. Biv, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you so, know, hey, you know, going back to the Gators, I, you know, I'm, I'm on your website right now. And yeah. I'm looking at the Cohutta Gators. And anybody yeah. who, you know, if you're this far into the podcast and you're still not convinced, I'd encourage you to pull up the Nighthawk footwear website and go check out their Gators. Because you want to look at these Cohutta Gators, man. They're, they're definitely, you look at them, they're built to last. Like, they're, they're made of good material. And, and the light is basically, it's below your knee, high on your shin. And it's not some big bulky thing, right? It's a, it, it, it contours well to the gator. And I really want to emphasize that if you're a guy that gets after it, and if you're listening to our podcast, I know these guys are out there banging around public land, you know, stomping through, you know, they're not, they're not hunting manicured fields. This is an item. And you know, having that, when you look at, when you take a look at the photos of the light, um, it's, it's a strong light. Like it's, it's the deal. What, um, and then, and then I'm going to give a little something away here, man. I'm, I was, I was also expecting like, man, do I really need a $300 pair of gators? They're 65 <laughs> bucks. <laughs> oh, we'll probably hit you up for a discount code, but the podcast too, but they're 65 bucks. <laughs> Like, uh, you, you, we can do that. This but is yeah, like we priced them. We, you know, so to go on, a, let's have a discussion on pricing because this is the kind of company that we want to develop. Uh, when we sat down to develop this company, um, we wanted number one, we wanted customer service back, you know, good, good customer service. So, number two, if you contact our company, you're getting one of the owners. You're not getting some person here offshore. It comes directly to us. So we take all concerns and deal with it seriously. Um, three to this day, we've been selling gators since February of 2022 online. And the only returns that we've had on our gators are because sizes were not correct. Somebody bought too big or too small a size. And we exchange sizes. So we have not had a return for any quality issues at all to this day. Um, number four, there's too many people and companies out there. And I'll just leave it at that um, without naming them. But that like the price gouge. Um, we got into the business. We realize where a lot of things are made. Um, we, we realize the um, profit margin of the industry. And we also realize that we don't want to gouge people, common everyday people. We want to give them a good solid product. Um, basically how we came up with our pricing took that, I told you we had a 49 pair of outdoor research gators, which are very inexpensive, very cheap looking gators. And we went to Walmart and said, what does a 300 lumen flashlight cost? Well, that's 20 bucks for a decent one. Um, So 49 and 20 is $69. So how can we beat that? Let's charge 65. Yeah. Well, I'm even looking, as I'm having a little man crush on your gators now, I'm looking. Yeah, we were doing free shipping and then we we took that away we dropped our prices a little bit and then we offered like a flat 499 shipping so that people aren't you know because people shipping's a 
ridiculous too. So we built a little bit of that in our pricing as well and try to make, you know, get our product out there. Uh, really at this point, it's just getting people to buy them and use them. Um, so it's only five bucks to get them shipped to you. Four ninety nine, Yeah. Yeah. That, that always drives me crazy because I, I ship a fair amount of things and you know, overnight and whatnot in, uh, in my business. And I look at some of these things where like I go buy a product and also it's like $35 to ship. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Excuse my <laughs> French, right? Like, what are you, like, you know, it's not like you're taking individual items over to the shipping thing. You're running over there or, or you're calling the UPS guy to come pick it up anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah. face it. They're, 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 they're shipping companies in addition to being right. Whatever else they're selling. Yeah. drives me nuts. But I, I was, I, I want to compliment the gators one more time, just in the description. And one of the things I was looking at, cause I've had some cheap gators where essentially the, the strap that goes under the boot, right? So if you've never worn gators before, they work best if you're wearing boots that have a heel in them, because you're going to have a strap that is going to go underneath your foot to keep the gator from riding up your leg. And on some really cheap gators, essentially what you're dealing with is, is a piece of elastic. And what these yes. guys have done, it, it, what's that strap made of? Is that leather or is that, uh, is that? No. So it's called, the, the material is called TPU. So what, it, what that is, is like a web matrix. It, it's almost the same. It, well, it, virtually the same stuff that's on like uh, shock and bark collars for dogs. Okay. That they mm. can't you know, they make it so tough they can't chew through, chew through it. If you hold it up really close and look at it, you can see it's just a net, it's just a meshed network of toughness. So what's cool about it is on one side, they have a, I don't know exactly what you call it. What do you call it? You call it a pin buckle? What, what is it where you put the pin through the hole on a... Like a belt? Yeah. Like a belt. Yeah, like a tip, like the, the prong that goes through your belt when you're buttoning up your belt. That's on one side. But on the other see, side, they got a quick release snap. Right. Like you guys really, they're gators. They're not, it ain't rocket science, but man, I'm looking, I'm, I'm kind of having a confession. When I first started listening, I'm like, I don't know if I really need lighted gators. Yeah. No, man, I'm like, oh, I need these. <laughs> I want these. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I, when I met him at the show and was looking at their gators and stuff, I was like, oh, okay, these things, these are tits. I mean, like, yeah. these are nice. I this yeah. I wear. I'll take, I'm gonna try. Hopefully, I can get these things before I go to Maine. But I know if I show up there, there's no way Roman Hammis isn't gonna like order them while we're in Maine. <laughs> I bet I, you know, I, you know I, like guys like Jason Gonder, they'll have those. <laughs> dude, dude, as many of these small game hunts as we put on, wear a set of lighted gators out there to the dove hunt or whatever, and he's gonna be like, "Where'd you get those? Where'd you get those? Oh yeah, and <laughs> yeah. especially when you're like sixty five bucks, whatever. You know, yeah. it's like. Just yeah, you got. I think well, you got, I think you're onto something here, man. Well, I, tell, I, t- I tell people all the time. I mean, how how much do you spend on a pair of nice hunting pants? Oh, What's oh, that? Yeah, you start getting into things like first light. Yeah, and- you're looking at on yeah. a, on a minimum for a good set of hunting pants. You're probably looking at what sixty bucks. That's oh, a cheap. God. That's cheap. But if you're if you're buying something good, you're in the hundreds. Yeah. So why why not get a $65 pair of gators to protect your hunting pants. Cause I guarantee you our gators will last way longer than any hunting pan on the market. Yeah, man, I'm hard yeah, on gear hard. too. Uh, the, the backtrack a little bit on the strap one feature and you, and you, you're advertising for me. I don't, you're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
you're bringing up all the points of our strap, but one of the things we hated about a lot of the cheaper gators, like you said, it's a cheap strap and didn't, didn't, you know, the buckles weren't very good. Um, we provided the quick release. Um, the strap on ours is replaceable. So if something ever were to happen to it, unless you bust like that plastic buckle on one side, um, but you know, you would have to really just hit it hard on a rock with your ankle. Um, but there's another thing that went into that design. We put the plastic buckles on the inside of the gator so that most likely you're going to hit a rock. It's going to be on the outside of your foot on your ankle and not the inside, unless you're just like got your legs together or something. Uh, another quick point on that. If you put your, a lot of people ask us, are these things noisy in the woods that, you know, thick material, if you put your legs completely together and try to move your legs forward and back, they won't even scrub. They won't even, if you have them fit right. They don't make that swish, swish sound. They make no noise, um, which is great. But back to the strap, you can replace it. So a lot of the gaiters we looked at were fixed on one side and adjustment on the other. So if it, that snap breaks, you're buying a new set of gaiters or you're going to have it sewn back on. So we wanted that like I said, we want quality stuff. We want don't want people to be gouged. And when we come out with our new life, and this is where this is going along the same track as of how I said we were trying to build this company, the light will retrofit all our gators. So anybody that wants to upgrade the light, they'll be able to not have to buy a new set. Like most companies would be like, oh, we made the light. Yeah, two point send us more money. Yeah, yeah, three point yeah, three three centimeters bigger, so you gotta buy this one with a bigger opening. No, it'll it'll fit all the so if you bought a pair of gators last year, the new light'll fit it. Um, also that being said, the same light's gonna fit the boot. So if you end up buying a pair of boots from us and you have gators, lighted gators, you can interchange the lights between the boots and the gators, depending on what you're doing. So, so it's gonna be like to be like a Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Essentially, you could, if you bought a set of gators, you can go in there and buy. Say you bought the white ones, and you're like, "Oh, now I want the red lights." You can just buy a red light mm-hmm. and throw the white ones in your backpack or whatever. Well, it looks like you get the choice of white or white with red. Right. Yeah, so, what can, is that? Like a switch on them? You switch from white to red, just like you would on a, a say, a so headlamp. We, we tried the multifunction deal, and. um we had some prototypes made uh, the, the you can argue both ways with that. Like some people are like, well, I just want one intensity, but I want multicolored lights. You know, I want to be able to, and then other people are like, I don't want to cycle through and accidentally put my white light on when I want to be have red light. So if they want to be in a low light situation and then they're cycling through, Oh, they went too far, turned it off and boom, they hit their white light. Cause it's the first button push. And then there's a hog in front of them. It scares the hog off. See what I'm saying? So the reds have three different settings, just like the whites, a high, medium, and low. And you can just interchange them. It takes, like I said, two seconds. You pull a flat pack, pop the new one in. It's a compression fit. Just pop it in with your fingers. Um, that compression fit is pretty pretty stout, but then it, it also seals back with, a, with the front cover. So you can... There's nothing Go keeping ahead. you from going with a white light in the left boot and a red light in the right boot. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. Actually. Um, I, I really, cause, cause you, 
you can run off 150 lumens or less. And, and if you want one, you know, it, that's what I do. I, and I keep, if I keep the others, like you said, in my backpack and if I want to go all white, just swap one out, all red, swap the other one out. So, uh, if you order the, if you order the reds online while you're ordering the gators, you, you probably saw there's a drop down menu. Yeah. Um, you get them a little bit cheaper. Um, we knocked, I think five bucks off or something, the reds, if you order them together. So, and then I think we're doing, it's probably online, but I think we're doing free shipping over $99. As well. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. So pick up some swag and advertise to all your friends about how cool you are. Yeah. Stuff up over 99. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> So about how, because you offer different sizes, and that is probably going to be really consternating to people that have never bought gators. How do you know what size gator to purchase? Okay, so if if you go to the website um, and go on to one of the gator pages, the gator purchase page, like you can hit Cajetas or Trailblazer, and then right below the, I think right below the picture, it'll say, click here for size chart. And we've got size charts for both of them and they're a little bit different because the gators fit a little differently, but it'll tell you based on your shoe size. But most, most importantly is calf circumference. So if you got like a soft tape measure measures and we show you a picture where to measure around your calf and that's usually the tightest point on a gator. And then there's also suggestions like if you're going over uh, really wide boots or you're on the edge of, one size or the other to go up a size or whatever. So there's, there's a pretty detailed page on our website. Like you said, if you have a soft tape measure, if you don't have a soft tape measure, you can take like a string or something that's pliable, measure it, you know, put one in till you touch that end again and then put it on a regular tape measure. Exactly. And that'll tell you the same thing as a soft tape measure. Yeah. Most, I mean, if you really points. wanted to like use a phone charger cord, you could anything pliable, you can, put it up against that around your calf to that hard tape measure. And it'll tell you the same thing as a soft tape measure would. What we found is most people can wear the most common size as a large in the Cajetas and a large in Trailblazers. Um, I got sticks if, for legs, so I'd probably wear a small. Yeah. And then we have Chicken small legs. and medium. So, um, but generally most, that's the most sold. Um, and what I size people, I've got 17 inch calves, so and I and I wear a large in the Cajetas with my regular hunting boots. Um, I used to have a set of Alpha Burleys that I got rid of because they're so dang heavy. Um, my Alpha Burleys, if you're familiar with them, they they flare out real big at the top. I mean, it's like wearing a I don't know what kind of boot you call them, but uh, I would have to go up to an extra large on the Cajetas. Um, to get it around the alpha burly and my pants, my hunting pants, but that's kind of a rare situation. So right now I bought a pair of Hoffman boots, which is a company based out of Idaho. Um, they're Explorer series and I can fit my largest over that in my hunting pants. No problem. The under pressure outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by hang free. With a mission to provide top quality products for the best possible price, Hang Free believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community. 
creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in a hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at hangfree.co. I can't remember who makes my, uh, damn it. It's, they're a pretty common brand of, of hunting boots, but they're not, I'd say they're probably mid-range hunting boots. They're not expensive, but they're not super cheap either. But, and then if you look at y'all's Instagram, you've mentioned your Instagram a couple times. I see some, uh, what are you coming out? Oh, the, the snake proof ones, are they the Vipers or? Uh, Sidewinders. Sidewinders. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember you telling me some about those at the show. Like those were, those seem pretty nasty. Yeah, they're legitimate. Um, they're so they're in production right now, um, literally being made. Um, probably it's looking like end of November before they're, we have them in hand. So we're doing pre-orders on them. Um, right now we have them set at ninety nine dollars pre-order, and that. Price will go up after October 1st. So we're kind of giving people a jump on it. Um, I think we're looking somewhere in the $120, $130 range. So once again, we're trying to keep it, you know, it's the business of snake, highly snake resistant hunting wear is not cheap. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, we, that's why it's so expensive when you look at stuff. Um, yeah, but all you got, but, I mean, we got a lot of guys hunting South Georgia and things like that. And if you've hunted in South Georgia more than 15 minutes and ever come across a rattler, you're... Or uh, even Florida, man. I, I, yeah, I, I got tagged in that set of Rockies stop one uh, when I was I was just trying to kick up some quail. But, yeah. Um, and ever since then, I've been like... Because, by the way, the snake that hit my ankle actually was more like my instep. Uh, had it got me, whew, oh, man, it would have put pints in if it wanted to do big. I know everybody says the little ones get you worse, but I don't know. It was a big snake. Um, yeah, we had, we had it. Um, there's a guy here in Georgia um, <coughs> that his his website's Snakes RS. Um, his name's Jason Clark, and he's basically like a reptile expert. He deals with snakes. He does snake shows for the DNR. He does private snake shows for people. He's got a collection of I think three to five hundred snakes. Um, and he also deals with alligators and, and whatever. He, he loves alligators. Anyway, he gets called in by the DNR to relocate snakes, um, to confiscate illegal snakes, uh, things like that. Um, the guy's been doing this forever. Like I, I remember taking my kids to a DNR uh, hunting fishing type show at a park up here uh, in Floyd, uh, Sloppy Floyd State Park, which is up north of Rome. And he was there uh, doing a, a snake demonstration. Anyway, so we, we got him to do our snake testing because we figured he's probably the locally the best, the most uh, proficient with snakes and, and has a lot of good ones for us to try. So what we did, we uh, we took a pair of our, our, our prototype snake gators and we put a big, uh, just a, a balloon on the inside, which is kind of an industry standard to test for snakes without putting them on a human. <laughs> <laughs> Trust uh, me. So we were in a small little room at his, 
his sister's daycare. Of course, it was closed, but <laughs> it was on the weekend. Um, and he brought in two timber rattlesnakes, uh, two western diamondbacks, and a sharp-nosed viper, which is a pit viper from southeastern Asia. Wicked snake. That thing, man, it, I can't describe it. Being in the room with it was not fun, uh, especially when it got out of the yeah. <laughs> out of its container. <laughs> Don't bring that but, to Florida. <laughs> yeah. So the 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 way we um, did the test or performed the test, obviously the balloon's on the inside of the gator. So if any penetration goes through, it's going to pop that balloon. And he had a heat gun because these are all pit vipers and their heat sensory glands is what causes them to go after prey. Um, so took the heat gun and we had him heat up the section of the gator that we wanted uh, the snake to hit, which was the thinnest layer, obviously a single layer of material with the backing, the, the snake proof backing, the timber rattlesnake, um, the first one, and we've got tons of videos of this too, uh, showing all this, but, um, he hit it, I think nine times. Um, the first one was the dry bite and the other eight were all wet um, bites on the gator. Just boom, 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 one after the next. I'm like, all right. So it got to bite three. And honestly, me and John were in there, my, one of my other owners. And I was like, wow. Like, I mean, we were impressed. We, we didn't know what to expect. Obviously, it's a prototype that we had made and, and we're really, you know, didn't know what to expect. So got to the third bite and I'm like, well, we might, we might be onto something. And that thing kept hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. Fine. Okay. Let's try another snake. So he pulls out a Western diamondback. Same thing. Hits it nine times. Um, strikes it venomous, you know, venom, 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 venom. The balloon survives. Now we've got 18 strikes on, on the gators. And then he pulls out the sharp nosed viper, which is the crazy one. So the sharp nosed viper is got larger fangs than a timber rattlesnake and more venomous than a timber rattlesnake, which is hard to believe, but it is. And it moves very fast. And literally as soon as he got, like he pulled the snake out and set it on the ground and had the gator just kind of in the area. And that thing was already just going after the gator. <laughs> and so that, uh, sharp nose hit, I think eight times. So we had a total of, you know, 25, 26 hits on our prototype with all those snakes and the balloon made it. So it survived to see another day. Um, there's actually a, a cool video somewhere on one of our Instagrams. You can see that sharp nose viper when it hits the material, it gets its fang hung up in the material. So it hits it and you can see it kind of sh shudder like that. And then it lets go, which is a great sign. That means that thing did not even, you know, it, it's not getting through that inner liner. Um, Good enough. And yeah. So, so we took it a step further because I don't know how, if you can research, like I said, we're very research oriented people as far as, you know, coming out with our products and want to make sure that people are getting good things and, and things are going to be lasting and reliable, but it's hard to find. There's one other company that we found 
a live test with a snake on their snake gators. And that's a company called Turtle Skin. And I don't know if you've ever heard of their snake gators. Amazon sells them um, $200, I think, set. Um, it's just a, a ballistic material that they've, they've come up with. Um, and they have one video of one snake hitting their gator. Um, and they're, they sell out, they stay sold out of those gators. Um, and we have live video with snakes, but we also took our, there's a, a, a lab in Ohio that does puncture resistant testing on safety gear. Essentially it's a, that's a standard. I think I have it posted somewhere on Instagram, our results, but the they basically have like a, a needle that goes down through the fabric and they determine the force and and you know how it can get through the material if it can well um some other first of all let me back up a step most of the snake gators out there there's very few companies that provide material only snake gators as far as we could find us and turtle skins are the only ones that offer it now there may be somebody that I'm not aware of, but the other companies that provide snake gators are the traditional ones you can buy. You'll see them for sale for like $49, but they're basically a uh, thousand denier Oxford material is what they use on the outside, which is that real, you know, not very movable, pliable material. And then they take, what they do is take a piece of PVC plastic almost like a shin guard, like a soccer shin guard. They put it in there and they sew the top. They do that on four sides and it's one size fits all because what they do, they attach straps on it. And so you're taking a, an accordion, a four-sided accordion with plastic things and wrapping it around, making a box around a cylindrical leg and pulling as tight as you can and hoping that it's going to be comfortable. Well, we all know that's not comfortable. Yeah, it sounds functional, but not comfortable. Functional, exactly. So, I mean, you, I mean, two two types of testing we've done on it: um, live snakes and a pressure test. Which uh, the pressure testing basically our our material did not puncture on the initial test. So, uh, as far as I can tell, that's the only one that we found that, so, that was the end result. So, the puncture lab couldn't get your material to puncture at all. Dad, gum. That's that was with eight pounds of pressure on the machine um, versus two pounds. So now I'm sitting here thinking because I, I was looking at the cojudas. Now I'm already into paralysis by analysis. <laughs> so, um, I'm already I, I love that because right now I'm tromping around a pair of Rocky boots just because they're easy to find, and they did. I've had live experience of them stopping a snake. But as Jordan alluded to earlier, um, you know, I actually do think they're pretty darn comfortable. I'm not going to toss them under the bus, but they're not nearly as comfortable as some of the other boots I, I own. Um, but what would be really cool, though, and the thing I'm, I'm loving about the gator idea is I'm wondering if I can, for an awful lot of the reasons that I'm wearing rubber boots, I can go back to more comfortable boots and throw a set of gators on. If I'm wearing... 110%. Yeah, if I you know if I'm gonna go to if I'm hunting in Georgia or someplace with a lot of snakes, 
I can go and wear comfortable boots instead of gaiters. Um, but then I, I guess the snake, I'm assuming that your snake gaiters are going to be considerably heavier and considerably warmer than the Kohutas. And then what's your, what is the other, what is the other set of gaiters uh, that you guys make? Trailblazers is what they're called. Yeah. So I assume the trade-off is the trailblazers are probably lighter, maybe a little bit more comfortable for long-term, but they're not, yeah. they're not as, you can't have the perfect gator, right? That does everything. But, um, yeah, man, I, I guess what it comes down to is like everything else is like golf clubs. If you really want to be comfortable, you need more room. Yeah. So, so what is, you know, like what Jim was alluding to, what is the trade-off between having a Kohuta or your Sidewinders? So, as far as weight and that kind of thing? Yeah. So, you're talking, so it's essentially the same material as a Kohuta. And then we add a ballistic liner on the inside. So you're, you're realistically only adding, um, and that material is, is super flexible, thin. Um, it, it's really not that heavy. I, th- I think I'm trying to remember, and I should know these stats better, but I want to say it's maybe 0. 0.6 ounces total more than the Cajadas. Oh, yeah, that's so you're looking at yeah. 0. 0.3 ounces per gator heavier. That's not um, bad at all. That's for the snake. Yeah. The snake gators is only going to be sidewinders. Yeah, yeah, the sidewinder snake gators. So they're they're going to be a little thicker, but uh, once it, once again, you know, we we kind of pride our gators on comfort because everybody wears them. They're like, man, these things are so comfortable, including myself. Like, I wear Cahutas every show I work for the whole weekend, and um, I know you probably saw me have them on. Yeah. At, at the Buckarama and I wear them all day long and, and take them on and I'll show people, but I mean, they're super comfortable. And so going back to the all fabric gaiters is that's the ticket. You want people to have a comfortable protective garment, not something that they're like, nah, they may spend a little less on, but it's not really comfortable by the end of the day. Now it's kind of preference, but, um, with the snake gators, like you said, you can take any comfortable pair of boots you've got, throw those on, and you've got snake protection, at least from, you know, your ankle up to your knee. And we get that question a lot. Well, what about your toe? I'm like, wear a good boot. You know, something <laughs> like yeah. I, I think you, got, you, you may have some bigger problems if he's striking your toe. Because I, I think yeah. most snakes strike kind of at an upward angle rather than straight out. The Achilles most toe. Of, yeah. And most of them, most of the snake bites, people tromp into the woods is from the back. Hit you kind of in the calf area yeah. or just below. Because you've stepped on them or you've scared them or spooked them. And you usually don't see them before they see you. I didn't. I yeah. registered when I got in my, but my next hit, mine hit the instep, but I was coming around a slight corner. It, we had cut with a, uh, um, bush hog so kind of like a 45 degree angle and what i registered was that something was moving like like also something's moving by your foot but if you think you're gonna jump out of the way (laughs) no you're not man like i jumped but by the time my feet left the ground it was already yeah and then of course i got the whole show where the the snake wound up and coiled up and did the head and then i shot it Uh, and i don't kill snakes but in that case 
I had a lot going on in the moment. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But, uh, yeah. You know, uh, it's it's but, funny you said that because I, I posted I posted a um, video on Instagram. And what I did, I slowed it down to see, you know, in the video so people could actually see the timber hitting the thing. And literally was less than a second for it to come from striking pose, hitting the gator and retracting. Oh yeah. Like when I looked at it on the, on the, you know, the, in the editing software. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, man, this is insane that that thing can deliver that quick of a punch. Yeah. By the time, yeah. by the time the signal gets from your brain to your foot to tell you to jump, it's already too late. It's, <laughs> it's done. But uh, yeah, I don't think I stepped on it, but I, it, I think it was the same thing that I stepped right in front of it and probably startled it. And that's when it got me. But anyway. you know, part of it is they're 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 so well naturally camouflaged that you don't even realize it's there until it's happened. Well, you know, some of the things because I've also had them like I've stumbled on snakes, and you know, and usually they let you know they're there. That's the whole point of the rattle. Yeah, right. In this case, I was hunting quail, and I was in an area where they often are. Like I've jumped them out of there time after. So the why was this snake there? We're on the same thing, right? Um, but I was creeping because I was expecting any second, you know. And uh, I think that's what happened. Like I wasn't, I wasn't tromping through the woods, so you know, I imagine the snake was just as scared as I was. But anyway, I came out a victor in that battle. Anyway, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but um, I, I'm I'm sitting here just impressed as heck with these gators. Like I. I don't know, man. I, th- I think I'm definitely getting a set of the Cohutas. And then you said you got to pre-order, pre-order the snakes till October first. Yeah, so, so right now on the snake gators, we're only doing mediums and larges on our first order. All right. Let's kind of see how they do, and then um, if we get a good response, we'll go ahead and order all the rest of sizes. Gotcha. Darn, I was hoping for a small. You probably get away with a medium. <laughs> I probably could. Yeah, unless you got yeah. Wheels. You- Will and Breyer's 33-inch python calves on them. Yeah, well, I need a new pair of snake boots. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. By the way, William just joined us. This I is finally, our... I uh, finally made it in here. Yeah. This is our OG host, William. <laughs> Snuck nice in the back you. door. Nice to meet you as well. It's the only door. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm interested. I'd, I'd love to get a pair of the snake gators. And I've always... I don't know if you guys have covered this because I came in so late, but... I like the idea of having uh, with snake gators because the one thing I've always hated about having to wear snake boots to the tree stand is you sit in the tree stand all damn day long with snake boots on. But you can get up there and take your snake gators off. And especially when it's stinking hot as it is here, that's a cool down factor. Yeah. yeah. These have a quick release strap on them. Yeah. You'll say, well, even then, you if you're wearing like your snake boots, or it's a boot that goes from your toe to damn near your knee. Right, so your ankles don't function as well as they should, and especially yeah. since now that we're hunting, like, and that was a nice thing about wearing my deck boots this this past weekend was, uh, like hunting out of a saddle. I really need my ankle function, mm. and if I'm wearing a set of snake boots, it's just it's, it's not really that practical. No, not at all. Yeah, but even then, hunting out of a climber, like. You know, we, we, when I was at the show talking to a lot of Hasmore guys, um, 
when you're wearing a set of snake boots or your gaiters or anything, if you don't have a Hasmore seat, you need to go get one. But um, a regular climber seat catches the front of your snake boots as you're climbing. You can't get it enough out of the way to not catch that just that front lip of your snake boots every single time you bring your bottom up to your top. Yeah, you're right. So. Yeah, and you can't, it's it's kind of hard to get that full extension, or not extension, but when you're pulling the when you're pulling the bottoms up with snake boots, you can't seem to get it quite as high. And that's because you're losing that last little bit of... Ankle movement. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So those gators make the difference, I mean, just period in general. I couldn't help, but this weekend, the whole time I'm walking through all those swamps where I was hunting, I'm like, because ev- literally every single time I scouted out there, I came across water moccasin. You know what else you could do? You could slip them on over top of your waders. Yeah. yeah. I have a. I have I, a. I don't, I don't know. If, I think that you protect <laughs> your waders. <laughs> yeah. Snake that waders. Help. No, no. What no. I'm well, saying. I, what I'm saying is, I'm not briars worried about stuff protecting the briars and stuff like. I'm thinking because in in a early season, well, all's the season down here. Water moccasins. Yeah. Walking in and out through stuff, you could encounter a water moccasin. Yeah, and, and there's plenty of places we hunt where you're, you're wandering in that's you know below knee deep. You're wandering well, into that, a shallow place over top of your waders. Well, that's and that's like I was talking about before. One of the reasons we're we developed we're developing the waterproof or water resistant light to three meters because somebody wants to use them in that application that so they can not worry about trashing the light. But the, the nice thing is, even if you wanted to wear the snake gaiters for the protection and we're going to submerge or go into an area like a duck blind or duck hunting, you just pop the lights out and don't use them. Well, I wasn't even referring to the, the point of like wearing them in the water, but I've hunted in places where we have walked across dry land for some time before we get to where we're going to get into the water to hunt in waders. And in that time period, you're in, I say dry land, in a marshy area. You might be yeah. something you could get away with wearing like muck boots to do, but you got waders on because you're eventually going to end up waist deep. Well, at that right. point, you wear your gaiters in over top of your waders. When you get there to go waist deep, you can take them off and stick them in your blind bag. And yeah, and to your know. point, I was already thinking about experiment with the idea of just going with the, uh, you know, the fishing waders with the sock bottom. Yeah, and putting those inside regular hunting boots, so that way when you do get into the muckety muck, you don't get that problem with your foot slipping out of the bottom of your of your waiter and you're just complicating problems. You just, you just haul through it. Um, saw guys in West Texas doing that. So that's the way to go. And then you throw the gators on and you're adding a, another element of protection. So that was good call. Will that, that quick release buckle is nice. Cause you can do that and then put it around something and snap it, you know, and it'll hold your gators. Like oh, yeah, I, you don't actually have to put them inside something. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, the point is these guys, they're in the field. And they really went the extra mile to figure out how to make a fully functional item. And I, the truth of the matter is, I mean, a lot of guys don't wear gaiters. They don't understand them. Yeah. Right? They don't understand them, and you're not really thinking it through. So if you listen to this podcast and you're thinking about the different boots that you wear and, and trading that comfort and, and, and then you know, having something, and then you get into the lighted feature. Because like, I'm ashamed to admit, so we first started off, I was like, electric boots? <laughs> you know, but <laughs> now I'm like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so. We get that a lot. It's a new concept and a new theory and just trying to trying to show people the advantages. That's I mean that's what we're here to do. Yeah. 
cool. Yeah, you, you pondered through their Instagram and you're like, okay, I can get behind having some lights on my shins. <laughs> I can now. Yeah, once I saw yeah. it. You guys did a great job uh, was, of photography. I was going to say, you, you look you look through their pictures and they're like, okay, I can get behind that. Like, that looks nifty. Yeah. As my, as my Paul Paul would have said when I was younger, that's neater than chicken's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've done we've done some pretty good field testing. The initial field testing was in Alaska, and goes back to in the winter time, deep winter in Alaska. That goes back to your comment about the quick release, um, the quick release strap, because one of the advantages that people liked about it was they could operate that strap with their gloves on. So they love that, not having to pull their glove off in deep snow and all that. Um, secondly, we, we have them, we have a field tester in Ireland. We have a field tester now several in Germany. Um, I've got a guy that's in South Africa, a safari company that's using them now. Um, and we have two field testers in Canada as well. Bro, send so, me a pair. I will wear those things out this semester. This, this, I will feel test the shit out of them. (laughs) Oh, and then recently we had one one of the girls, and I posted a video of her the other day. But she's she's got a does uh, with Unleashed Global Adventures. She does a lot of big hunts with SCI and stuff. We met her out at um, Hunt Expo in Utah, but she's got a a pair of our Trailblazers Dan Cajetas now. But she just went to Malaysia. Was the first female to hunt in Malaysia. And took our gators out there and sent me a cool video. Um, so they, they were getting around. Oh, uh, Japan. We also had a girl go on a hiking trip in Japan and she took a pair of our trailblazers there. So they're, they're getting around the world <laughs> pretty quick. <laughs> and we might, we might be selling them soon to some, uh, uh, the, uh, army or the armed forces in the philippines that's interesting Mm -hmm. i'm telling you like you see it and you think it's neat but then you listen to him talk about you know in the beginning of the podcast about the science of uh you know like the the what'd you say the the field of plane or the plane of field where, where you can see you know, like if, like you said, if you look down a piece of drywall with a light, you can see the imperfections in it, mm-hmm. right? And then if you put that light that low, you can see the imperfections in the ground better, and that like just brings a whole new perspective to it. Yeah. What do you think, man? You guys got uh, any other? You got any closing thoughts? I think I need a set. <laughs> I think I need a set of the, the snake gators, though. I, I'm going to have to. As much as gators, like the gator itself sounds great, but my biggest fear is, uh, I mean, the, the the my main thing for wearing stuff that comes dang near up to my knee is snakes. But then, you know, you throw in all the other stuff that you talked about. It's like it's a, it's a water barrier. It's it, so many other things. Yeah, I like the practicality. Basically, yeah. my, my big thing is water. Yeah, just if you get wet, you're like, oh, shit. And then you, you're just wet all day. So, 
Um, it's another keep, helping to keep the water out, and then the snake resistance, depending on where you're hunting. Uh, and then, like I said, I, I, I'm a I, I'm a, I'm a convert, man. I'm 180 degrees on the lights. Once I got a, a real good look at them, and thinking about just the, it's it's one of those things that. You know, if you don't have it, it may not be the end of the world. And then all of a sudden, when you do have them, it's it's pretty awesome. So, I, like yeah. I said, I, the idea of having them in a duck boat. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it was just great. You yeah. Know? Um, or I'm sure I'm sure it's one of these things that because you, you, I've lived without them so long now that once you have them. You can't like, how, how did I ever get around? I don't know. I'm going to give them a shot. And uh, Like I said, we're, I'm going to get a set and I'm going to field test the hell out of them whether you want me to or not. They better yeah. work. Because <laughs> people well, know our, uh, our original field tester, he's a big hog hunter in Florida. Um, I mean, in Georgia, he's on. He's been on a pair of the Trailblazers. He wears snake boots um, and uses the black Trailblazers over that for the light and the water protection, and just because um, he doesn't need the snake protection. But and they're and they're lightweight. But he's two and a half years on his original set that we gave him straps still good and he's tromping through cypress knees really sharp stuff um and he he beats beats the crap out of them cool. and I, I tell him to i'm like please try to try to break something on it like, Dude, you know, i guarantee you we can with 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 the group of people that's sitting at this table right now we can put some gators through some stuff that may break them because <laughs> tear up a, yeah a if you're looking at a group of people that's hard on some stuff yeah we break shit like boats, but uh, <laughs> hey man, I hit my shin so hard I still have a numb spot that's about two inches wide, and that was over a year ago. <laughs> well, the, the trailblazers just—I know that I know we've only talked about most of the cajetas and, and the the uh, sidewinders are going to be essentially the same material as a cut on the outside, just for the fair lining. But the trailblazers have that same Oxford material that the cajetas are made of on the bottom of the gator. Then there's an elastic band in the center of it that kind of wraps underneath your calf. The top of it's made of a ripstop fabric, which is like what backpacking material is, and that keeps the weight down. So, in the and up the center of it as well, where the velcro strip and the front housing where the light is, is also the Oxford material. So, like you're walking straight through briars, you're good to go. It may catch that stuff on the side a little bit and eventually wear it out. That's why we recommend the cajetas to people that are going to be going through thick stuff all the time. But but then, like you said, there's a UPO crew cojuta. <laughs> you you have an extra cojuta because we. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's just kind of some people ask what the difference is between the two models. So weight, like a little bit of the material, um, and, and the fit is a little different. More streamlined on the cutters and yeah. If you're uh, if you're looking to do uh, a little bit of a drive and and hang out with some UPO crew, what's uh we're gonna be in? It'll be what? New Year's weekend. We'll be in Towns and Wildlife Management area uh, near Ludowisi. Which is where's that? Southeast Georgia. Southeast Georgia. Okay. So we're we're finally this year. You know what? I forgot to talk about that. At the I was going to ask podcast. you if you talked about the the small game yeah. hunts. But. I did a little bit, but I, I forgot to mention that we're uh, you know for the first time we are taking one of our small game hunts outside of uh, the state of Florida. We'll be heading to South Georgia, not too far. And for our listeners, I, I want to clarify those that are like, oh, I don't want to have to buy the license. You can buy a three day license. I think it's like thirty bucks. 
for a small game license. And yeah. if you don't already have a duck stamp, obviously that's the same price. And if you're yeah. going to hunt ducks, you have to buy the Georgia waterfowl permit, which is an additional $5, I, I that's think. That's like $5. And then yeah. there's yeah. one other waterfowl thing you have to have for Georgia, but it's free. I want to say like last year when we went up there, it cost me a whopping... Say well, the federal duck stamp. If you don't already have it, yeah, in the state of Florida. Um, yeah, I think it's just like Florida. Your your there's like a, a migratory bird and then something yeah. else, but the second stamp is free or the yeah, second yeah. permit or whatever is free. For whatever reason, I think that's the one to make sure that they then remind you to they send you the survey. Yeah, how yeah, many did you? It. Yeah, exactly. They uh, it's the quota thing. Yeah, it cost me a total of like thirty eight bucks for the license last year. Yeah. So. And then you're looking at if we're driving from where we are, I think it's like what maybe a three hour drive, three hours and 45 minutes about. Yeah. 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 Bring the big tent. Yeah. Yeah. And there is no, I had somebody text me today, asked, Hey, uh, I looked at the coordinates and there's no camping area. Like, how do I reserve my spot? You don't reserve your spot, man. It's first come, it, first yeah. serve, but it's, it's a huge oak hammock. I was yeah. going to say it's a big oak hammock. And we were there the same weekend last year and we were the only ones camping there. So it's not like you have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to reserve a spot. Like, listen, buddy. we're gonna, we're you gonna could, go up. I'd say you could probably put easily. I don't want to feel like I'm over exaggerating here, but you could probably put 50 tents in there, tuck tight. If you really packed them in there, but the car's gonna be tight, I would say, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have plenty of room. Yeah. Plus, additionally, if you don't want to stay in a tent, you can get a hotel in Ludowisi or Hinesville, um, which are only 15, 30 minutes away. Um, but we're going to leave probably Friday after work and drive up there and get there in the evening time and be set up Friday night and ready to hunt Saturday morning when that time rolls around. So don't think you have to drive up Saturday morning. You can always drive up Friday night like we are. Well, it's three days, right? Is that Friday, Saturday, So you, you get a full day of hunting Saturday, a full day of hunting Sunday, and then Monday being New Year's Day, you can either hunt all day and drive home in the afternoon or wake up and hunt in the morning, which is what I think we did last year, hunting in the morning, then packed our stuff up and we're home by 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I think we kind of packed, you know, the big stuff uh, Sunday night and then just packed right. the rest of our small stuff, yeah. New Year's in the woods. Hey. Yeah. It's a fun time, man. It's it is a really really fun hunt. I'll turn on my little uh, Balfang radio and tune into the local uh, PD. It actually is fairly entertaining, oh, especially yeah. on New Year's. Especially to hear them use, uh, <laughs> yeah. Especially to hear them use their phonetic alphabet. It's not because they're like, yeah, their phonetic alphabet consists of they're like uh, beer, microwave, uh, cats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like they're just third name- yeah, third live on the right. <laughs> yeah they're just they're, they don't have an actual phonetic alphabet they're just each one names off a different a different word that starts it's with that a, letter it's a small town and it shows when you listen to it on the radio <laughs> so instead of whiskey tango they just say white trash <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah they're like hey uh charlene's over here in the trailer park again doing this yeah but uh it's a good time we had a really we, uh we've been up there and hunted uh I hunted a lot when I lived up there in that area and uh, went back last year and did a small game hunt up there, just a few of us, and had a really good time. We wanted to share it with the Under Pressure Outdoors Nation, so we're hosting a small game hunt up there this year. Hope you guys will join us. Yep. Yep. So if you if you look, if you're not already, uh, follow Under Pressure Outdoors on Facebook and uh, look into our events. All three are posted now. All three are free. We're not charging you for these events. Yeah, I did have somebody message me today and ask me how much it costs. I was yeah. like, nothing. How about you willing to pay? Zilch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a tip. No. Uh, 
they're free, man. Just come join us. Have a good time. And uh, if you're new, man, there's plenty of guys. Uh, I can guarantee you, other than this solid crew that's sitting right here, every single person that comes on these trips at one point was almost completely new to hunting. And they have just become great friends now that do these hunts every year. Amen. So, come and join us. Yep. Jason, thanks for the education on gators, man. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You guys have any questions uh, or any of the listeners or followers, uh, you can contact us through our website. There's a support at nighthawkboots.com. And like I said, we check that daily. So, I'll be we'll sure to have questions. I'll, I'll be sure to link your website and your social medias in our in the uh, podcast description so people can just scroll right on down there and click on it. I appreciate that. Thank no you. No problem. Absolutely. Sorry I couldn't catch you sooner, but thank you for joining us. Yeah, yeah no. no All right, guys. That's it. See? All right. Adios. Adios. <laughs>